<laughs> I don't know how to meld matter. sure you'll you'll understand what i'm trying to ask yeah but do you yes I are believe. you down do you believe i believe wholeheartedly welcome to conversations for our grandkids <laughs> just two hey grandkids it's martin luther king day uh june martin luther king jr fuck hey it's you know black nigga day monday well, jesus so. wow <laughs> Just go go out and smash some shit. In uh, honor of... It's it's the Sunday before Martin Luther King Day. Um, grandkids, if you don't know, Monday holidays are an excuse for adults to become inebriated. Um, so that's what your grandfather uh, Adam is has done uh, on his bi weekend. Biracial Adam, let me add. Biracial, biracial Adam. Adam. Uh, it adds some credibility to the matter. Um, <laughs> we could, he can throw around as many n words as he wants. I think, right? I can drink as many drinks on Martin Luther King Day Jr. as I can. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. You got, you got to take shots for MLK because, you know, he took a bunch of shots, you know, especially towards the end. Uh, but, but, hey, well, happy Martin Luther King Day, everybody. Oh, hey. Hey, welcome to Conversations for Our Grandkids. Uh, happy Black Nigga Monday. Okay. Adam's just, just going to keep doing that. Can't edit around Adam. Can't, 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 get, it, can't get around Adam. Uh, I like to make Shane is really fucking nervous. And that's what he sounds like, grandkids. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm just having... That's what it sounds like. This is, this is what it sounds like when Grandpa Seamus is really fucking nervous. <laughs> Man, you know what? I look. I, I, uh, as a kid who was the only white kid uh, in grade school, uh, like growing up, I, like you know, all of my life until high school, I guess I was the only white kid. You mm -hmm. had to be very careful about what you said. Like you had to be very, because I would say some shit that would be kind of innocuous, and I would still get like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "I'm You'd, seven. Yeah. Like I'm not a racist You'd, here. You know what I mean?" You'd be like, "Oh man, I love Stevie Wonder," and everyone would be like. Yo, what do you know about the black struggle, nigga? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like I just I wish I was in a better school. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. No, no, it was it was pretty weird, man. There was like a there was like a, a noticeable white flight at that school as well, like almost on a smaller uh, a smaller level because all of the there it was probably like 50-50 until about 4th grade because that's when you could mm. apply to go to these private schools and then mm-hmm. all the white kids just fucking zip zap zoop gone evaporated yeah stuck through i paid my i paid my dues yeah that's what's up dude i think uh, i think there's there's more to be learned by going through public school than there is going through private school however in our society there is an advantage to going to private school monetarily speaking if you want like if you want your kid to learn about reality send them to public school obviously but if you want your kid to get a good job when they graduate college send them send them to private school right like you you see what i'm saying yeah like if you want your kid to be like a cool person send them to public school but if you want them to get a good job send them to private school that's those are the lessons that i've learned over the years well so far that prediction has been panning out really well real cool guy but hey you know i got a i got a resume so just hit me up guys i'll, I'll, give, <laughs> I'll give you whatever you want yeah and i'm not such a cool guy but i have a job so i guess i guess the theory works well you know hey it's martin luther king day and one of us is a wage slave i'm not you know whatever it's i'm just saying he's turning over in his grave right now he's t- <laughs> Uh, so what's been going on with you, man, other than getting uh, really drunk on this beautiful Sunday night? Not much, man. You know, I've just been uh, I've been trying to go go inward. Um, I've been cleaning my apartment and uh, trying to exercise. Um, that's about it, because here's the reality of my life right now is that I'm waiting for the semester to start again. And it, it just started this week, but, like, the workload hasn't started yet. So, you know, I'm kind of just waiting for that to fucking, the shitstorm to start shitting on me, you know? Yeah. But uh, for so for right now, I'm just, I'm really trying to just stay chilled out, you know? That's good. Go man. inward. That's good. Yeah, yeah I've been... uh I've been hanging out uh, as well these past few days. These past few days have kind of flown by. You know, you know what, man? I, okay, so look, I haven't done shit these past couple of days. I will be the first Amen. to tell you. I've Amen. Li- what? Amen. A- amen. Amen. As MLK used to say at the end of every sermon, he used to say, "Amen, <laughs> amen." Uh, dude, I've just been like hanging out. You know what I've been doing? I picked up the old Grand Theft Auto games for like five bucks each. So the old what games? I, the old Grand Theft Autos for oh, PlayStation oh, 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 Two. Excuse. Oh, pardon me. How could I have missed that? How fantastic, dude! What a bizarre fucking. Wait, so just for everyone who isn't a fucking total nerd, what Grand Theft Autos were for PlayStation 2? Oh, that Which would ones? be Grand Theft Auto 3, uh, uh-huh. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and Grand Theft Auto Vice City, but not in that order. What about yeah? What about one and two Grand Theft Auto, like the first one? Well, see, the first Grand Theft Autos, they were we're, we're talking video games again. I feel bad because now, like, I, I've been playing a lot of video games recently, and I don't normally talk. You guys no, don't, don't talk feel about bad. This shit. Listen, listen, Seamus, you don't always talk about video games. You don't always talk about something else. So when you're on a video game streak, just don't feel bad about talking about video games because it's not always going to be video games. Dude, so a, go for it. It's a fucking kill streak, bro. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's a fucking. It's a fucking uh, uh, so Grand Theft Auto one and two were two D games that were actually from the top-down perspective, so you'd see your little man, like, running around, but you'd see, like, the whole... You'd see, like, from the sky, basically, and you'd pick up cars and, like, run dudes over, and I think those were for, like, PS1 and, like, the PC, maybe? And then, uh, the 3D ones... Really? It started that early? PS1? 
PS1, yeah, yeah. But they, wow, it wasn't a I big thing. That. It wasn't a huge phenomenon. Grand Theft Auto 3 is when it became this huge thing because it was like fully 3D and, you yeah. know, people were talking about it on the radio. I remember one time my dad was picking me up from school, like the only time he ever did that. So it was like a weird day. And, okay, so they had these weird sales after school, like farmer's markets. So I was eating a big-ass pickle and some fucking uh, garlic bread, listening to like Opie and Anthony talk about how you could kill hookers with my dad. Just like, oh, oh best day. Oh, great. Me and my Not dad. Not awkward at all. Bonding. Oh. And I was like, I got to play this game. And I, yeah, it's, you, so, it's, it's so weird yeah, playing them now because I remember how like my, what my mindset was when I was playing them the first time because, yeah. dude, I wasn't allowed to play those games at first. I was that young mm-hmm. at that point that my mom was like, no, you can't play those. So I'd have to like sneak and go over like my cousin yep. Trevor's and play them and stuff. Ridiculous. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, but I mean, those games are a crazy time warp, man. You go back and they're talking. I mean, there's a beeper in the first one. A oh, fucking shit. beeper. No dude. fucking way. I mean, one of them is set in the '80s, but honestly, like the the one that is supposed to be set in modern times that was made in like 2001 mm-hmm. or 2002 or whenever it was made, it's like insane to me. Like the the shit that's they're talking about in the radio. They're talking about like. The World Wide Web and all this. Sh- it's it's dude. It's it's bonkers, man. It's really it's really fun though. I mean, the game's not so good. It's not really that great anymore. But it's a fun like almost historical thing to be like, wow, look at this. Yeah, you know how I, what else I felt? Uh, what media product I guess um, I felt that way about was the movie Boyhood. Do you know about Boyhood? I've heard about it's Boyhood. That, it's the documentary where they followed the same child actor. From when he was, I want to say about eight to eighteen, so they would the director or the whoever would come back every couple of years and film like you know the next couple of scenes about this kid's life. So you actually see the actor grow up during the course of the movie. And the interesting thing about it is that because it took ten years, they're making cultural references that were only appropriate at the time, right? So they're filming this movie. And let's say it takes 10 years to film. On year five, they're making cultural references that they're not even sure that they'll be relevant five years from now. But they're just going to make the reference in case. You Can know, you remember like, hey, any examples? Popular. Uh, Soldier Boy was one of the ones that stood out. Oh, because shit. I hadn't thought about Soldier Boy for years until I saw that movie. And I was like, oh, my God. That fucking song, Soldier Boy, I've been out. Dude, it was huge. It was fucking huge. It was so fucking big. And I forgot how big it was until I saw someone in that movie rolling down the street playing that song. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's right. That song was a fucking thing for a long time. Like, a long time. Dude, I remember one time I hung out with these kids from uh, high school who I, I didn't hang out with. I think I alienated myself from them because I I did some, like, really uncomfortable, weird shit. Uh, I wish I, I guess I'll get into I got to give some context. I think I like hit on like a majority of that group. Uh, there was like five of them. And I Guys think, or girls? Girls. But I think I like made my rounds through like, oh, well, you don't like me? Well, does this person like me? Well, is this? It was like really, really uncomfortable and weird. And like, I was thinking I was a freshman in high school, I want to say. So. Oh, you don't like me? Um, Next. Because <laughs> um. <laughs> I like me and somebody will. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. I mean, yeah. But so I remember we went to this girl's house and they put that video on the TV. It was like on it was playing on MTV and they were trying to learn how how to do the dance and i i just that just sticks out in my mind is like what the fuck am i doing here kind of a moment like yeah 
But it, kind of a cool memory now because, like, Soldier Boy, like, that's going to be one of those things when I'm 40 that I'm just like, oh, don't talk about Soldier Boy. That makes me think I'm, that makes me feel old. It makes me feel old yeah, now. I think, you know what? It'll be a good thing that we'll be able to laugh with our grandkids about. Like, our grandkids are going to look back and be like, really, grandparents? Soldier Boy? Like, your generation let that shit become a thing? And we're going to look at them and be like, whoops. <laughs> we did that. Yeah. Ugh, we thought it was ridiculous too, so we love you. Hey, grandkids, uh, please, please tell me you think Soldier Boy's ridiculous. Well, Otherwise, don't come to Grandpa's house. What is worse, that song that Soldier Boy up in the hole, why me crank it, why me, whoa, why me, whoa, why me, Soldier Boy, or Superman, that hole now, why me, or the whip, that whip thing, now why me whip. Now I mean, like every generation has that, like from 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 Soldier right, Boy wait, on is going to have one of those. Songs. Here's my here's my argument about that. Stop right there. Okay, there that <laughs> is true. What you're saying is true. Yeah. No, I've thought about this a lot. There is the popular dance track to every generation, right? And it's like the the feature is, or the the thing that you can listen for is the person being like. Hey, now this is the dance thing that we do down here called the thing. The slide to the left. Exactly. Slide to the right? right. Now, audience, whoever's listening to this, grandkids, go back and listen to I think it's Archie and the Drells. And it's called um Tighten Up. Tighten Up. Okay. That's an a sixties track. It's one of the first soul slash funk. I think funk. Uh it's one of the first funk tracks. And it's it, you'll recognize every single part of it, except the difference is that there are dudes playing instruments, making the music, and there's a guy holding a microphone, orchestrating the whole thing, right? So it goes, hey, y'all, this is the Archie and the Drills. This is how we do it. This is called it. It's just like all the other ones, except Soldier Boy made his shit on a fucking computer. You know, he didn't have four or five dudes behind him that that had to coordinate to play. You know, so my thing is, sure, there's been a track like that in, in in many generations, but those tracks used to be so much doper back in, back when people were actually playing music and actually had to, you know, orchestrate things. You know, nowadays we have computers and people can fucking just auto tune shit, and it's it's a lot easier to get a, a one hit wonder track across. But back in the day, those one-hit wonders were even still, they were still like, oh, wow, that's a great song. It's just, that was all that this band could muster. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, this is a shitty song, but I guess it's catchy. And I, that's really, I feel like, all we're left with nowadays. Yeah, just a lot of, just a lot of fucking bullshit. Well, what about the yeah. twist, man? That came out in the 60s. That's, I, but it's still, I guess, by your and definition, it's still better twist. because they had real instruments and had real, I guess I, I, I'm more attached right. to the, uh, the, like, the... What's the word? The instruction-based song that's like, now do this and do that. Like, I'm, I want to I wanna document and, like, label each of them. I want to know which one is from which generation. It's we should do that. That's that's a, a conversations for our grandkids project. It's, we got to look at all the old, like, the dance tracks throughout the decades and, and rate them. The ones that are specifically telling you, like, how to do the dance in the song. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now Stick you folks might have heard of this song. Spin around. You might have heard of this dance where you're from, but we're going to tell you how to do it. <laughs> yeah, now yeah. Dip down. Now put your hands in the air. Now <laughs> smile. Now dip it down again. Now put your hands up, left, right, swing it around. Like that. Jasmine and I were just listening to uh, the fucking, uh, what's that song called? Uh, Cha-Cha, real smooth. Boop, 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 boop
to the left. What, what is song the, is that? Uh, yeah, sli- is that is that the sli- cha cha? Yeah, I think so. Slide to the left. Da, slide da, to slide the right. To the right. Take it back now, y'all. <laughs> that shit was the fucking jam at um, middle school and high school parties because it was one of those things that everyone knew the the moves, so it, it got the dance floor kind of lubricated in a sense. You know, every, it was like after that, everyone was kind of already dancing, so you put on a fucking uh, like a twerk song after that, and everyone's getting their fucking dick wet. You know what I mean? Can I tell you about Play Day real quick? Can I just Please reminisce and tell you about tell me fucking about, Play tell Day? Tell me about Play Day. And how I hated Play Day every other year. So Play Day, for those who don't know, was a, an event that I don't know if it happens at other schools, but it happened at my like grade school. I went to a K through 8, so kindergarten through 8th grade. Like When I said I was the only white kid, I, I was not kidding. I was the only white kid for like <laughs> nine years or something. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, there were a couple, but, you know, one died, and then, you know, things happen. Things happen. We f- things fall you apart. Were the, you were the only one who made it from start to finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, well, that and Brendan Cooper. And Curtis Cooper. Shout out to Curtis oh, Cooper. Oh, shit. Shout out to uh, Curtis Cooper. His it. album is fucking dope. It is. Honestly, it's like, great. can we take a side- sidebar for a second? I know personally, like, I've had some friends, we were like, hey, man, let's record some music. So I know how hard it is to record music and to make it sound really good. And his album sounds fucking awesome, It's man. phenomenal. So shout out to Curtis Cooper, and thank you for letting us use your music. I, I wasn't kidding last week, and I'll say it again. I listened to his whole album straight through, and it, it fucking took me places. Uh, the, I yeah. think the diversity on that album is pretty astounding, you know? like, And if th- this is, like, his first solo album, so if, you know, there, there's... If that's where he starts, you know what I mean? That exactly. is a great yes. fucking, like, amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to that dude, for sure. But anyway, Play Day, sure. dude. Play Day fucking mm-hmm. sucks because, well, actually, that's not true. Play Day would be awesome one year, and then the next year, it'd be the worst fucking thing you've ever, and I I would hate it. I would go to school, like, I would go on summer vacation, and I'd come back and be like, oh, fuck, like, I know this is the this is the bad one. This is the bad year for Play Day, man. Play Day's ruined already. <laughs> because what they would do on one year is they would have teams from each class basically compete in front of the whole school in like games and stuff you know like activities like red versus blue and like you know you'd be a red team on the sixth grade thing but but everybody there'd be red team throughout the k through eight so you're voting for the red team for every grade basically Mm -hmm. and it's a cool like kind of bonding thing where you can like talk to people who you're not in the same grade with and shit and be like yeah red team like yeah we're doing it Mm-hmm. But then the next year, this is what they would alternate it with, alternate the best day ever with, oh, that's right, every class does a choreographed dance for the rest of the school. What the oh, fuck? Shit. Why would nice. you even do that? That's not play nice. That sucks. That shit made me so mad. <laughs> when I go over to my boy's house, we don't fucking choreograph a dance. <laughs> oh, oh, great. What are we doing this year? Oh, Cotton Eye Joe again. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. This is, oh, I can't wait. Fuck play day, dude. Oh, oh, we're dancing to that uh that Usher and T Pain and uh Ludacris song. What's that song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Song. Oh, Jesus Christ. That I can't even hear that song just gives me like uh makes me dizzy. Yeah, I feel like uh that song was a, a major feature at every dance from I would say sixth grade to at least junior year, maybe possibly even senior year. It might have snuck its way in there, you know? It's like what the fuck? This song again? Like this song again? It's bad enough on Sunday morning I have to wake up, put on my radio, and you know, you know, when you were a kid, you wake up and you're resisting starting the day you know you just want to lay in bed yeah you flip on the radio you you just want to hear what's up and here it is fucking yeah 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 
Oh, fuck you. Fuck you, Usher. I hate you. Just leave me alone, man. Dude, I know that I know that morning routine, man. I uh before I, I didn't have a radio, but what I had was I actually got a TV in my room and that was a fucking game oh, changer, dude. Yeah. I, I I didn't really watch it that much. I guess I watched it mostly uh in the morning when I was getting ready. Because here's a little secret secret Seamus's secret confessions, grandkids. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I've said too many terrible fucking things, uh, it, just in general, and I have comedy now, so I don't know if this dream is, <laughs> I can ever accomplish this dream, but a secret yeah. secret dream of mine was to work on Sesame Street, um, and I still would, I would love to work for some sort of children's entertainment, because I feel like, uh, uh, like PBS and all those kinds of shows had a really dramatic impact on my, uh, like, moral fiber as a kid you know what i mean and i I think Mm -hmm. that that is super important because if you are a kid who is in front of the tv a lot of the time which is a lot of american children let's face it parents aren't really you know they're not really bonding all the time i mean some of them are but we have we have communities of people who are just like i don't know the tv fucking takes care of them you know what i mean and uh it's way better to be watching something like a Sesame Street or a Mr. Rogers than be watching like whatever else is on TV at the time, like be it Maury or even just other cartoons that are sort of yeah. just for fun. You know, like a oh, Teen Titans Go, which fucking sucks, by the way. Actually, that show's not that yeah. bad. Um, okay, he, listen though, here's the sustainability question issue, right? Who pays for that? I don't know. They've been they've been paying for it so far. Who? Who's they? Who's that? Public, the public broadcasting uh, fucking uh, service. All right, all right. Here, I, I, that may be a, an unfair question because obviously you don't know who pays for that because you didn't do the research, but who should pay for that? Who should pay for, you know, that programming that is, is quote-unquote good for the children to, to see but, but isn't an advertisement, right? It's not a Candy Muncher show, and Candy Muncher meaning, you know, like a show that's like candy, you know, it tastes good, but there's no real substance to it. You know, who pays for the substance show that's substance and isn't necessarily really worried about whether they wow the kids, you know, they're just putting out programming that's wholesome, for example. Who pays for that? Well, I don't know who pays for it. Whoever's been paying for it, I guess. Who should? Who should? Who should pay for it? I, I I don't know. I feel are, are you? I feel like you have an answer that I'm supposed to be giving. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like I I. Uh... No, that's just my tone. I'm I'm just asking you who should pay for that type of programming because, you know, you you may ask the government to do that, but then you have to justify certain rules and regulations, right? You may ask the private sector to do that. But then you have to accept that if the money isn't there, the money isn't there. You know, there's like a balance. So, yeah. like, who should pay for that? Well, I guess I, I'm assuming it's the private sector that's paying for those things. But I know they also get, like, phone donations and memberships and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, I think it kind of it, – it, should, it shouldn't be a mandatory thing. I, I, I would never – I wasn't even advocating for that. I was just saying that I always wanted to work for one of those shows because I mm. found them to be, like, uh, profound on, on like uh, – they really teaching you like the way to behave. It's real simple. We all share and we just get along and everything's chill. You know what I mean? And so like I went into preschool. I, I remember all these teachers like, oh, my God, he's so well behaved. And I was like, are you guys really like applauding this? It's real. Si- I don't bite other kids like, oh, give me a fucking sticker. Like I'm the best. Yeah, you know? yeah like, right. How right. hard is this shit? It's not how Barney says don't bite other kids. So I'm like, all right. I'm not going to bite yeah. other kids. The fuck? I haven't done that in like a really, really long time. Like, I don't plan on doing it again, so I guess we're cool. Yeah. Like, 
Unless we're playing the biting game, because I'll fucking win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I'm all about games, because it's play day, bitch. <laughs> all bets are off when it's play day, bitch. <laughs> all bets are off on play day, motherfucker. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? No, I, I don't. I think it should be kind of left up to the private sector, I guess, in that sense. Like, that, that is sort of the bummer of, like, because uh, I know they, they, they moved Sesame Street over to HBO this year, and everybody what? got all really? upset about that. Because I'm not sure why. I really don't know if there was they ran out of funding or something like that. And I I, I do think that's really kind of sad because there are the kids who desperately need that sort of programming probably don't have HBO or they do, mm-hmm. and they definitely shouldn't be watching HBO. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're getting HBO for your kid, don't because right next to Sesame Street is fucking. You know, they're like, they're like, uh, or something. They're like, you're watching Sesame Street. Up next, Deadwood. And it's like, some dude, like <laughs> fucking shooting, like, shooting the fucking gun and shit. I don't There's know. a montage of shooting and then someone hanging from a tree and then some potion. You know, it's, uh, what the fuck am I watching? I'm sick. They keep doing oh, all these fuck. weird crossovers where, like, uh, where Elmo <laughs> keeps meeting the White Walkers and shit. It's weird. Wait like, a minute. He keeps Wait fucking... a second. Is, is Jerry Seinfeld in this show? <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, because I feel like like the people, who, the, the kids who for sure need these kinds of programming, are the kids who are in like impoverished <laughs> neighborhoods who don't have access to, you know, their parents are busy working to keep them mm-hmm. alive or 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 uneducated and not helping them, you know, strive to be a better person. So who the fuck is in their life to help them? Oh, Elmo, mm-hmm. Cookie Monster, these fucking characters that although they might seem like throwaway things, can be a real anchor okay. for kids You're, you know is that is that true though i think so. is that true i think it actually i think it actually is true i don't know it, it was it was no, no, no. go ahead because i'm i'm interested because do you really think that elmo and fucking big bird and all them can give kids who, a, a moral foundation essentially absolutely who don't who who don't have it elsewhere i think that it has to be a mix right like i i i, I so Here's another fun fact about me. I, I tried to get a job at Sesame Street. It didn't work out. But hey, Sesame Street, uh, let me send you my reel. But uh, I, I went for this <laughs> internship thing that I didn't end up getting. But I went and I did all this research and I did a couple projects about Sesame Street in college because I was I was really fucking into it, man. And they're really good about like, for example, they have this thing for autistic kids now where they have an autistic uh, Muppet who is, uh, you know, since there's sort of been an increase in the number of kids who are, are diagnosed with autism, they have that new, uh, what's the demographic, I guess they should right. help out and understand. And the thing that they found is that the autistic kids have trouble, uh, empathizing with the humans on the show because they have trouble. Oh, really? Because autistic people have trouble empathizing with humans in reality. Right. Big fucking leap okay. there. All right. So let's just <laughs> shit all over it. But the, the point is, the point is they, they, uh, more easily identify with the Muppets because they have larger facial expressions and they're more like, like smiling yeah. and and you know they're more abstract. Oh, I'm upset. When, right. When they're angry, they're angry, and when they're happy, they're happy. You know, it, there's no in between. Like I'm happy, but I'm upset, or I'm upset, but I'm proud. You know what I mean? It's like what, autistic people are like. Hey, can you spare me the the fucking gray areas and just give me the black <laughs> yeah, and white? Don't be so dramatic. You know what I mean? What's going don't on? Don't be so. T- what the fuck just, is going just on? Let just me in. Give it to me straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um. but I think that um, I think what it actually has to be is a mix of both the human 
element and the fantastical almost. Like I think like a, a good mix is like, for example, one of my favorite shows growing up that I would watch is like a real little, I'm talking real little now, like four or five, you know, mm -hmm. was yeah. Reading Rainbow. Because oh, Reading Rainbow sure. was so awesome because this guy would go out, he would read you books, he would encourage you to read, but then he would also be like, hey, this book's about, you know, Native American sculpture. So let's go make some fucking sculpture in the yeah. desert and just hang out with my boys, the Native Americans. And you're like, this Yo, shit is awesome. This is my dog, Longfoot. He's going to teach us how to make a bowl. Yo, What's up? Dude, Longfoot. You know what they say about big feet, right? Uh, like I did like so. that show, man. I yeah. love that show. Yeah, so I guess I, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that it has to be like the the Muppets or or like these cartoon characters that but I think that television, if especially if it's 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 like the thing where if kids are if, if you're in a cave, right, and all you see is the shadows on the cave, that sort of becomes your reality. And if you're mm -hmm. constantly in front of the television, that sort of becomes your reality. So your reality can either be reading Rainbow or it can be fucking Mari and Jerry Springer or like whatever the fuck else is on TV, some violent ass shit. I think I think that I think that it makes a profound difference or can at least. It, but it's it not can. something you you can't force it on people either. It's not something you can like it. You need good parenting or you need them to put the channel on at the very fucking least. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think you also need more than that too, because oftentimes I found myself making fun of Sesame street and all those other cartoons or, or kid shows as a kid, because it just seems so far from, you know, you watch Sesame Street and then your parents are like, all right, is that over? OK, I'm gonna, we're going to put our show on and, you know, go upstairs because you can't handle this. Right. And then but you hear it and you go downstairs to get a drink of water and you see what's on TV and they're kissing, you know, or someone's angry at someone else and they're drinking. And it's like, well, this isn't on Sesame Street. How do I process this? What is going on here? You know, and I feel like I, I'm, I'm not so sold on on the like you know we got to give kids the good shit we got to just feed them the good shit nothing else you know because i feel like kids are way smarter than we give them credit for so if we if we if we, even if we put on sesame street and we put on arthur and we put on all those shows that really teach the morals that we think kids should learn right i still think the kid goes and watches that show and then goes to school and is like Hey, Arthur said not to say fuck, so fuck you, bitch. I'm going to fuck you right in your stupid cunt. You know what I mean? Because kids are kids. They're just going to do some... They're, they're going to do some shit that nobody wants them to do just because nobody wants them to do it, you know? Hmm. Maybe you, because you're a rebellious little badass over here. I was like, damn, dude. I could see... I, I don't know. For me, for me, at least, when I was a kid, I looked at these shows, and I just was like, oh, man, life is so fucking... Can be so fucking easy if we just kind of follow these basic principles. And, and again, but it's like, I, so it's not going to affect every kid the same way, right? It's not going to just make all kids like, oh, I fucking get it, you know, because some kids, like you said, are going to be rebellious and be like that. But I would rather the option be there for the kids that are going to go down the path of like, oh, like, this means a lot to me. And this shows me how I can live my life in a pretty simple and easy manner. Then it not be there at all <laughs> because like, fuck it. I, you know, I'm not that cynical to say, like, I'm not going to take a shot on maybe helping something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I hear that. No, I hear you. It's like, all right, so, uh, maybe maybe even most kids look at, look at, like, Mr. Rogers, and they're like, fuck Mr. Rogers, he's a fucking faggot. Like, I know what life is about. It's about sex, drugs, and alcohol, bitch. Like, fuck out of here. <laughs> most, kids, you know? most, most kids. Most kids. 
99%. But then there's that 1% that watches Mr. Rogers, and they're like, you know what? There is something to attain in life. There is some sense of, you know, uh, reason. And, and there is, you know, if you put baking soda and vinegar together, you can create suds in a bottle. You know, like, amazing. A plus B does equal C sometimes. And those kids, it's worth it for those kids. My question, though, is, is the money that money that goes into the show worth that one kid's reaction versus the 99 who are like, fuck you. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying mm. to turn me into some fucking goody two-shoes motherfucker who goes to school and listens to their teacher and all that shit. And that's what everyone's been telling me. And guess what? That shit doesn't work because the world sucks. And my parents are broke. And my school sucks. My teachers <laughs> don't give a fuck. What? You know what I mean? Do so I... fuck Mr. Rogers and fuck everything else. I'm going to curse at school and fucking be bad because... What you know, what you're saying doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I you're asking that age old question, right? Of whether or not, like, the uh, whether or not it's worth it to do something that might affect one individual, but you know, you know, whether they put a lot of resources into saving one life as opposed to you know, being like, oh, it's mm -hmm. just one life, it's just one mm -hmm. life, we can just fuck off and not do it anymore. And I think that. I think that I know I know what the the moral answer is almost like the moral answer is like yeah of course we do like it's so worth that one person and mm -hmm. you know cuz maybe that person becomes Martin Luther King oh! <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh I don't know man I think it's it's I think that it, there's there is value there and I think that you don't have to necessarily uh have a trade-off where the uh, moral values of the show don't reflect the moral values of life. Like, I think they, like, they don't have mm, to... Mm, stop. Because you said the moral values of the show don't have to reflect the moral values of life. Well, what are the moral values of life? I mean, let me, let me rephrase that then. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm not, I, I've been drinking too, so I'm trying to put this into the correct words. Uh, I, I don't think you have to sacrifice like the the realism of life in order to get across like a moral values like Sesame Street. Yeah, it might be a little bit uh, fantastical and and perhaps unrealistic to some mm -hmm. kids, but it's not like a lot of the things that they were saying weren't so out of the out of out of you know nowhere that that you couldn't identify with them somehow. Like it doesn't. Because just because the rest of the world or some kids have situations where their household is fucked up doesn't mean that what Sesame Street is saying isn't true. Doesn't mean that saying like this is super simplistic, super easy, be nice to everybody, share with everybody. Just because the rest of the world doesn't reflect those ideals doesn't mean that those ideals don't have value to them and aren't true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. I think that's the case, man, because like. It's like, yeah, like, <laughs> I was thinking when you said, like, oh, you know, like, it's not, you know, kids, they, they see Arthur, or they see these other shows, and they're like, fuck that, because that doesn't reflect what my, my, you know, home space is like, you know, like, I need a scene where Bert comes home, and he's really drunk, and he's just like, no, Ernie, I'm a piece of shit, I'm, I'm just a piece <laughs> of shit, Ernie, and Ernie's like, Bert, Bert, you've got a lot to live for, he's like, no, no, Bert, Bert, step off the ledge, bro, bro, <laughs> I think that, I think that, it doesn't it's worth 
putting it out there because it's 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 true that life can be that way just because it's not that way. Does that make any sense? And I think mm-hmm. it's 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 worth. I feel like though this argument might might be a little bit weak. I'm not sure. I feel like there are holes in this argument for sure, which I'm trying to identify. As what's the what's the argument though? To start with, <sighs> the argument is right. It's because I'm I'm I, I want to put it into simple words because it's it's not about Sesame Street anymore. It's about life in general. Uh, is that um, sometimes I'd say I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to put into words. It's like just because like everybody is doing something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do necessarily. And so you know the the classic example is uh, that that's so fucking played out. It's like oh the Nazis like everybody in Germany wanted to be a Nazi like are the Nazis good and it's like well fuck you or, like that's not what I'm saying you motherfucker like that or like if your friend jumped off a bridge would you do it with them yeah. like all right I I see what you're saying I guess <laughs> but I feel like it's worth it in the same way that it, it'd be worth it to just have have exposure to. Uh, these specific, like for example, I was listening to a Duncan Trussell episode probably months and months ago about with the guy who created Adventure Time and uh, Pendleton Ward, I believe, if you want to look that up. But he was talking about how he saw a Buddhist monk as a kid do that, do one of those sand paintings or sand things, and he was like, "Wow, you know, like my life is really fucked up, but my whole life I went like that really changed my life profoundly because I had this messed up home life or whatever." But I was like, "Wow, but." that way of living exists and is possible. And just because my day-to-day existence is not, I'm not, a, I'm not living in a monastery, doesn't mean that that sort of peace is not attainable. Like, life could be that way and can be. Okay. All right, but here's the other argument to that is like, all right, life can be... You know, you read a story about a prince and his life was, you know, this, that and the other. And he had jewels and food and blah, blah, blah. And he was worried about, you know, oh, I I, I was she didn't look at me the way that I wish she would. So now I'm going to tell my servants to do this and that and blah, blah, blah. And they're moving heaven and earth because they had some emotional, you know, qualm or something. Right. And you can say, like, well, that life is possible, too. And but I'm just a, a, a poor kid. And I don't have servants and I wasn't born into anything and I'm just some fucking shithead. You know what I mean? So that's a nice story. Sure, the world can be that way for some people, but it's not for me. And my issue with Sesame Street and Arthur and all those types of really nice, good shows is that they don't it doesn't hit kids in a. In a kind of like, I want to say dirty reality way, you know, it doesn't hit you in the way that it's like, oh, yeah, 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 this is this is real. You know, like I've seen some shit like this in my life. And there are some kids who they can watch Arthur and they can watch uh, Clifford, you know, and they can say like, oh, the, the, the problems that those kids are dealing with, they're kind of like mine. But those are like the one percent of kids who are like, it's like, you know. You should be thanking your fucking lucky stars and every other god that you believe in and the ones you don't. That if, if you have a life like that where you can be like, oh, I have to worry about the same things that uh, fucking Clifford's owner in the show has to worry about. You should thank your lucky stars because a lot of kids are wor- are dealing with some shit that uh, is reserved for R-rated movies. You see what I'm saying? 
You see what I'm saying? It's just a little so kids show where the where the host is just screaming at the kids to check their privilege constantly. Oh, awesome, great! <laughs> I can't wait to let my kid watch that shit. Awesome. Yeah, but here's my thing though: is all right. Let's say that there's good programming and bad programming on TV, and you only let your kid watch the good programming to train them to be how you want them to be. And they're watching all this good programming, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is good. It gives I can I can." see in my head all the good cycles that happen oh they did something nice and they got rewarded for it later this person did something mean and they got punished for it later oh i understand how that works but then they go into the real world and they lie to their teacher and they get a reward for it right or they tell the truth to their parents and they get punished for it so my thing is where's the kids show that shows kids that sometimes lying to your parents will give you a reward and sometimes telling the truth will give you a punishment. You see what I'm saying? And what what show is that uh, out there that is giving kids a real sense of what it's like to be a person in reality and not just like, we're going to teach you what we want to teach you. You know what I mean? That that's my that has always been my issue. It's like Sesame Street is nice. You know, it's nice to look at TV and be like, oh, look, look at those retarded kids playing basketball with the normal kids. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh how wonderful. Yo, that kid's in a wheelchair. On, that kid's in a wheelchair and it doesn't seem like anyone cares. They're just passing him the ball. Like, who gives a fuck? But when I go to school, no one even passes me the ball and I have two fucking healthy legs. So what's up with what's up with the real with reality versus Sesame Street? And can I really trust anything else that Sesame Street says? Because they're telling me that kids who are in wheelchairs, when they're in the gym room, they get treated like every other kid. But when I go to the gym room, I'm not even treated like every other kid. And I'm fucking normal compared to this fucking weirdo. You know what I mean? So what the, what is going on here? Well, and I that's my, my, it's like Santa Claus and all that other shit. You know, we're, li- we're almost lying to kids to, to get them to believe something that we want them to believe, even though later it's going to be a disappointment. I see that argument. I do. But I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think that some, some of those shows do go there to a certain extent. Like, obviously not Sesame Street. I mean, Sesame Street is made for preschool kids who are watching this before they're in school that is like the essential idea of like kids who are just starting to understand what letters and numbers are they do get into some moralistic things as well but it's pretty pretty bare bones based on i guess and this is probably the issue what the assumption is kids can uh mm-hmm. mentally exactly. deal with which yes. i guess is yep. yeah that is sort of but, an but, issue but, but in reality in reality kids aren't dealing with what adults think kids can deal with. Kids are are dealing with reality, period. Just like adults are dealing with reality, period. You know, we're dealing with the same reality. It's just kids are, are have one set of <laughs> circumstances and <laughs> memories to go on, and adults have another. Dude, there's an episode of Sesame Street where, like, one of the Muppets gets his house broken into and all his shit gets stolen, and he's like, oh, but the community will help me pay for it, right? And, like, no, nobody helps. And, like, the other Muppet is just like, hey, welcome to reality, faggot. <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> fucking, the, oh, Jesus. what's his name? Uh, what a horrible reality you've crafted here, Adam. <laughs> what a terrible like fucking... The gr- the grouch in the trash can he's like yeah well guess what i've been here in this trash can for 20 years and no one's bought me a fucking apartment Click. <laughs> oh that's terrible man see like I, I i i don't know but that's reality dude that's what i'm trying to say is that that's reality period you know that's reality there it granted we should be all we should be 
telling kids like, hey, be nice to each other, share things. Like these are the good things. You, I promise if you do these things, it will be good. But if you keep kids from the other side, you know, the dark side of, you know, there's homeless people and people die and your pet might get hit, you know, that kind of shit. If you keep them from that for too long, then they live in this fucking delusional world where, you know, they grow up and they go to Temple University, for example, right? And I'm sitting next to this fucking kid in, in the lounge, right? It's lunchtime. We're just eating lunch. I'm trying to have lunch. Is this is a real story. Class. This actually happened. Real, this is real story, right? I'm listening to this kid. Uh, oh, what's your plan? Like after school? Oh, well, you know, my, I, I, I've heard of this firm. It's called like a uh, 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 movement interactive where like, you know, we can go and I'll be uh, a brand ambassador and basically I'll be getting paid $800 a week to do like blah, 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 blah. And then I'm going to do that. And I'm going to become from a brand ambassador. I'm going to become a general manager of the regional fucking blah, 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 blah. And then from there, I'm going to become a VP and then I'm going to be making six figures. And then blah, 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 blah. it's like, all right, well, hold on. But you you don't even have the fucking job at the first place yet and you're talking about becoming the vp of the whole fucking company you know what i mean so i feel like when you feed when you feed a delusion even if it's a, a beautiful delusion it's a delusion nonetheless and you're gonna there's gonna be negative conf consequences of, of feeding someone a negative delusion and i think the, the the hindu people call it the sattvic trap you know you're so into being a good person that you ignore the the reality of everything else. You're just like, no, uh, someone uh, hit me, so I'm going to turn my other cheek every time, you know? And so what if I end up dead? You know, I, I turn my other cheek. And that's what the, that's what Jesus said. And it's like, well, all right, but he maybe that wasn't the best thing for you to do at the time, but you just clung to, I'm going to do the good person thing to do right now. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like that's really... A bigger issue in America, and that's kind of the the biggest issue that um, was exposed when we went from the '90s and uh, had you know 9/11 and turned into the 2000s. What happened was we were being fed this beautiful lie about how if we all mind our manners and cross our T's and dot our dot our eyes, then everything is going to be great. But then we got fucked up by some shit that we didn't even see coming. You know what I mean? I think that's what we're doing to our kids if we go down the Sesame Street path, essentially. Um, and not to say that there shouldn't be a show like Sesame Street on the market, but I don't think that that's the best example of what would be the, the best show for kids, you know? And I don't know what would be the best show, but Sesame Street ain't really it because there is a lack of horribleness, you know? there There's a lack of balance. It's all very sotwig. It's very good-natured and very pleasant and nice, which is fine, I guess, but kids don't always ha always have a pleasant and nice experience in the world. So, like, that only rings true for part of their life. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that, man, but I don't... But I also don't think that... You just mean part of their life at, at the time? Like, it only rings true for part of their... Life? Are you talking about in terms of years or in terms of like there's a balance to I, life in general always? Yes. Okay. I mean, there's a there's a balance to life in general always, and the reason why adults don't watch Sesame Street is because they realize that Sesame Street is too much on the it's too heavily good 
You know, it's really trying to push the goodness into you. You know what I mean? And adults are like, eh, I get it, but, like, that's not how reality works. Mm. So I'm going to watch House of Cards instead. Or I'm going to watch Game of Thrones because normally when there's somebody trying to do something good, there's some kind of negative consequence that happens as a result. And that's what reality is. But we're not teaching that to kids necessarily. We're, we're teaching kids do the good thing at any cost, you know, period. And that's not necessarily true. And I don't think that's what we should be telling kids because kids know, first of all, when you say, like, just do the good thing and it'll always work out for you. The first time a kid does something bad, uh, good and it, they get punished for it, I told the truth. Tommy did that and I did that too. And I didn't know it was wrong, but now I'm punished. I told the truth. I thought some, nothing was bad supposed to happen to me if I told the truth, right? The second that that happens, the kid's like, oh, well, fuck the truth. Yeah. The truth ain't it. Seriously, yeah. the truth ain't it all the time because I got punished for telling the truth. So the truth ain't it. So what's up with this fucking okay. Sesame all right. Street? So let's think about let's think about a preschool kid. Keep in mind the mentality of a preschooler, or I guess that's mm -hmm. not a good way to say it either because who the fuck knows what that is. Um, let's design a show right now. Here, you give me what is your what is the premise? What are we teaching these kids? What do you mean? Like, just give me, just give me a kids? setup. Like, give me an alternative to Sesame Street that you'd be like, okay, I feel okay showing my kid this. This, this seems to be a good representation. Like, what would you, what SpongeBob. would you change? SpongeBob. 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 I would show <laughs> because SpongeBob doesn't always make sense. SpongeBob sometimes will give you a good moral, and it'll sometimes give you a weird moral or a bad moral. You know, it'll sometimes. SpongeBob will sometimes tell the truth and get punished, essentially, right? To use a metaphor, like a symbol for the for the whole thing. So SpongeBob to me is a good kids show that kind of it kind of uh, hints at, you know, all right. Most of the time, if you tell the truth and you do the good thing, if you're the SpongeBob character, most of the time it works out for you. But sometimes SpongeBob ends up in some fucking shit. Because he told the truth and he wanted to be the good guy. So, like, just know that if you want to be the good guy all the time, that that shit will happen to you from time to time. Right? If you want to be the good guy all the time, sometimes you're Jesus Christ. Right? Sometimes you tell the truth and you tell people the good news. You tell people if you do this, that, and the other, you'll be peaceful and happy and your family family will love you and your society will love you if you just do these things and you don't worry about the consequences, right? But the problem is there are consequences and even Jesus himself was nailed to a cross and crucified, right? So it's hard to tell kids do the right thing even if it gets you crucified. And that's the issue with reality is that if you start kid if you start with kids and tell them to you know do the right thing no matter what it costs and you just tell them like oh well sometimes you do the right thing and you know someone's angry at you but hey you did the right thing or sometimes you know you do the right thing and someone steals your eraser but hey you did the right thing we don't tell kids that hey sometimes you do the right thing and you get crucified you get nailed to a cross while you're alive. You get nails put through your hands and you get hung up on a piece of wood until you dehydrate and die. Sometimes if you do the right things, that will happen to you. So do the right things, right? And that's not what we tell kids. I'm loving and this that show, is the issue. Way. I'm loving this fucking, I'm loving this fucking, the kid getting ready for preschool. He just goes to fucking, just, no, look. Hey, Johnny, listen. If the teacher starts putting nails into your hands, 
you tell them, I know, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing the right thing, Mrs. Brown. So you nail away. <laughs> Father, they know not what they do. If the teacher starts putting nails in your hands. <laughs> you turn the other te- uh, cheek, Johnny. We're doing, a lot of, we're doing a lot of crafts, arts and crafts at, the, at this preschool. We're nailing Billy to a cross. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, Mommy, I did his left hand. Sarah did his right hand. It was fun. It was lots of fun. <laughs> I died for their sins. And then, of course, you know the the Jewish kids they got to they got to sell me out <laughs> they, they got to go home early it was fine it was great it was great no oh, whatever no big deal just killed just killed our Lord and Savior no big deal no big deal <laughs> but that's the thing man I feel like and you know we we start telling kids that and then now now that we're adults the the message has been so lost and muddied that. If I if I tell you, oh, be polite, and if someone punches you, don't hit them back. I mean, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of Americans are gonna look at me and be like, dog. If someone hits me, I can hit them back. That's self defense. There's nothing wrong with that. It's it's in the Constitution. It's in the law. You know what? Why are you telling me to do something different? And that's the issue. Is like, well, I, the reason I'm telling you to do something different isn't because. I can rationally make an argument for another behavior. The reason I'm telling you to do this is because in the long run, it's best for everyone. And if we all act like that, the result in the long run, maybe not in your lifetime, but in the long run will be peace and happiness and beauty. Is that a, can I convince you, Seamus Millar, to give away your money and to get a job just so you can give away more money to somebody else so that you can make them happy? No, because I can't even convince you to get a fucking job for your own self. You know what I mean? So the the issue is, it's deep, man. It's it's much deeper than just Sesame Street with kids. Because Sesame Street with kids, it's symbolic. You know, it's the Sotwick trap. You sit your kid in front of Sesame Street, and they learn that oh, well, uh, mentally challenged people are just like normal people and you shouldn't treat them any different. And the, the number of the day is five and the letter of the day is L and, and L, you know, it, it's like lock and love and all this other great shit, you know? And then they go to school and their ki- their friend is like, hey, guess what? My dad told me uh, last night, um, sometimes adults, they have sex in the butt. You know what I mean? That was my second grade. Some fucking kid told me that their dad told them uh, sometimes adults have sex in the butt. So if that's your reality, you go home, you watch Sesame Street, no one's giving you any context about butt sex. <laughs> that's the issue. You grow up for how many years before you get any real context about butt sex? You see what I'm saying? That's my issue with, with Sesame Today's Street. Today's show uh, conversation has been brought to you by the letter B. <laughs> for, 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 for butt sex, dude. <laughs> Uh, and the and 69 oh and all the other dirty shit you can think of my man <laughs> i don't know man i think but at the same time i would argue that perhaps those shows already exist those shows exist they they're out there those shows that talk about the like the the hbo specials and all the fucking shit that tells you about the down and dirty shit that kids will see anyway that already exists but there's such a lack of anything that is essentially the polar opposite there is there, there is not a balance i would say for kids like maybe maybe a spongebob is great i guess for an entertainment thing for sure and it definitely has some lessons to learn but it's I, it to me it really does feel like 
like a dessert almost, like a candy muncher thing. It's something you watch, you go through the, oh, let me learn my ABCs and let me learn this and let me learn like what the right thing to do is in the situation. And then if you decide not to do that anyway, that's fine because you'll learn that there are consequences to those actions. Maybe the hard way, but life's not easy. So, you know, like, like so I guess the your big issue as far as from what I'm hearing is that Sesame Street teaches you the right thing to do, but not the possible consequences of doing the right thing. I think that's only only the one shade of it. That's only one shade is that they don't they don't teach you the consequences that might happen. That's that's just the direct kind of consequence if you follow the the program essentially. There's many more things wrong with the program, but that's to me kind of the most obvious logical progression is that if you follow the program, you are bound for disastrous results because the program is fucked, you know? So that's really the base issue with Sesame Street. And I can't really say that I have an answer in reality because when I was a kid, I mean, I started watching porn when I was like eight or like seven, you know, some somewhere around there. And to me, it became obvious that there was that there was kind of um, a spectrum of, of media options. And you could watch Sesame Street where someone told you, oh, be good and do the right thing and, and blah fucking blah And then you could flip the channel and someone could tell you, hey, sometimes the right thing is to do this, but hey, sometimes the right thing is to do that. And hey, sometimes it seems like the wrong thing at first, but then you, it turns out to be the right thing later. And then you could flip the channel even one more step and, and then the channel says, it doesn't matter what you do, dog. Everything's the right move because is any move wrong? How could you make a wrong move? Because, you know, you didn't ask to be on this planet. So how could you make a wrong move now that you're here? Nobody put you here. You didn't ask to be here. So And you're just doing the best you can. So how could you make a wrong move? Make any move that seems even remotely likely to get you what you want, right? And those are the, the shades of gray, essentially. And I think... The problem with the Sotwig trap of pumping your kids full of Sesame Street is that once they see House of Cards, the the reality of that show resonates so deeply, much deeper than Sesame Street does. You see what I'm saying? Even though, in my personal belief, Sesame Street, the values that they promote ring on a truer level than any house of cards game of thrones type of show the morals that sesame street and arthur and all them they're just pure do unto others as you would wish done unto you rules essentially right they're like the most simple basic moral rules i think that they are truer than the shows that catch our attention more the problem is is that most people don't identify with the morals of Sesame Street. Because if most people thought that Sesame Street was the truth, they would tell their kids to watch it. They would watch it with their kids. They'd say, oh, Sesame Street is a great show. I love how the, the dynamic between so-and-so happens and, oh, that's so cute and all that shit. But it doesn't happen that way. Why? Because adults don't really believe in the reality of Sesame Street. Right, and it's like it's the same thing. This is kind of the point so I was trying to make. Why would we push that onto kids? Because well, why? You know, okay, let's go for any sort of 
religious value. We're talking about do unto others as you would do have done to yourself or whatever, whatever the phrase. I don't go to fucking church. No, but like it's the <laughs> let's say like let's just say it's the it's the Jesus morals to for an example. You know what I mean? It's the it's the moral system of Jesus in a show, basically. If 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 we let's say we understand the morals of Jesus, which I I assure you Seamus, nor I, nor you know truly what the morals of Jesus are. I just want to put that out there because okay. that's something I believe. But moving forward. But that's forward, throwing a whole thing into the argument here. For, for argument's sake. Right. Let's for argument's say, sake, we'll assume. Right. And people look at these things, which are, let's say that there is no gray area. And this is the essentially like the moral high ground of like everything I'm doing here is justified and is just in like a cosmic sense. I'm doing good. You know, if there's a good and bad scale, let's just say, right? Okay. And people don't identify with that, and they go like, "Oh, fuck that shit. That's nonsense." Do we get rid? Do we get rid of Jesus, or do we get rid of his writings because they don't, or do we like not? Do we say that they're invalid because they don't? Because not everybody understands them. Does that make that? No, that doesn't make it less true. In the same way that Sesame Street's ideals and the ideals put forth by these things might be a little bit unrealistic, I suppose, but that doesn't. Uh, but to who's saying that? Whose people are saying that? Because they're saying like, "Oh, I can never do that," and it's like, "Well, fuck you." All right, I'll put it to you this way: let's let's say um, there's a choice whether the morals promoted by Jesus and Sesame Street are either. Mm, valid or invalid, right? It's like, oh, this is how reality works or this is how reality doesn't work, okay? We'll say that we, we can make that distinction. Let's just say. I would say that Sesame Street may be promoting the right values, but they're doing it in an ineffective way, which is why... There are many people, right? And so, the, all right. So the thing that makes Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, Ramana Maharshi, uh, Sadhguru, there's all these people. The thing that makes them different from other spiritual leaders, the thing that makes people gather around them, is that they're kind of like self-realized. You know, they they have cosmic consciousness. If if you can just excuse the language and believe for a second that that's a real thing. But Jesus's teachings aren't for Buddhist followers. And Buddhist teachings aren't for Krishna's followers. You see what I'm saying? Some of them are ineffective for other things. So what I'm saying at the, at the deepest level is that Sesame Street is, in fact, promoting the right morals, the morals that are true and that work in the, our universe and our human reality. However, the method that they're using to promote these messages is ineffective. It's just not working. To who, though? Kids. Some people, I'm sure it works for some people. I mean, it worked for me, I, I, at least to a certain extent. You know, it works for some people. Just because it doesn't work for everybody doesn't mean it's not working, is what I'm saying. I, I hear that. But we all grew up on Sesame Street. I mean, I, I can't, I can't think of anyone who hasn't at least seen Sesame Street or watched it I mean, how deep did that shit really, really go to us as far as our morals and shit go? Maybe it was a good support. Maybe it was this or that. But I don't, I don't think anyone's thinking like, oh, well, you know what? I remember that one time Big Bird, he was in a situation just like this. And you know what he did? 
He did the right thing. Uh, you're talking to him, man. You're talking to him. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not even just saying that to make an argument. I really do feel this strongly about that sort of stuff and the effect that it had on my moral foundation. I Look, I grew up in the land of, hey, everybody is fucking crazy around you all the fucking time. But you know who's not crazy? Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers not crazy. So, like, when I'm dealing with all this crazy shit... I, yeah, I had the same experience where I would tell the truth to my mom and I would get in trouble for it. Or I'd have to apologize or I'd have to do some crazy shit that didn't make any fucking sense. But deep down, I'm like, well, all right, I see how this works now. But that doesn't necessarily mean that me telling her the truth is the wrong thing. Just because it doesn't get the effect that telling the truth is supposed to get according to this show. Because the point is, when you're telling the truth, regardless of what happens to you you can't really argue that you did like you're telling you're just stating the facts you're just saying like this is what it is right which is great consolation as an adult however as a kid if you if everyone says Seamus Millar you better fucking tell the truth no matter what no matter what and Mr. Rogers says Here's a, here's a great story. I'm going to tell you a long story that's a half an hour long, and it involves me going to a toothpaste factory and then coming back to my place and playing with some fucking dolls. But here's the moral. <laughs> the moral of the story is... <laughs> if you tell the truth, good things will happen to you. And then you as a kid, you're inspired by this episode. And you, you make it a point to tell the truth for the whole week, and that you still get in trouble. And your friends hate you because you snitched them out. And your teacher hates you because you told the teacher, hey, um, I'm sorry, I just didn't give a fuck about your homework. I just was watching a cartoon and that was more interesting. So I, that's why I didn't do your homework, okay? I, I understand what you're saying, but you have to realize that to a kid, a child, a baby child, the internal versus external thing isn't, isn't quite so clear. So to say, like, oh, I know that I'm telling the truth, and that's all that I care about, you'd have to be, like, self-realized from a child in order for that to be your main motivation. Because you can say, no, that's bullshit, and we can come back to that. You, you get Seamus gave me a look for the grandkids who are just listening. But that's, bu that's bullshit if you, if you think anything else but that you, as a kid, you were looking at the world and thinking, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Okay. So TV may tell you one thing, but then you go out into the real world and it tells you a completely different other thing. And as a kid, that that input of information that says you're getting punished because you told the truth, okay? You told the truth, someone got angry, and now you're in trouble. Logically speaking, it was the telling of the truth that got you in trouble. As a kid, it doesn't matter whether telling the truth was the right thing or not, the reality was you got punished for doing quote-unquote the right thing. So what does that mean about the right thing? It doesn't make any fucking sense because according to Sesame Street, if you do the right thing, good things will happen to you. But, you're, you're, but some, maybe this happened to you, man. But maybe this, maybe this was your experience, but I'm saying that's not everybody's experience. For me, right... And I'm not trying to make it seem like I'm some angelic figure who always did right and never made any mistakes. But I was often punished for, and in some cases, I guess I suppose it, it does. It does. It does make you question, like, well, fuck the truth, then, right? But I don't hold to that idea now. 
So when you say that it has this effect on people that they sort of reject the the truth because this you know it's not mm-hmm. real life is not living up to mm-hmm. Sesame Street's ideals. I think that's I think that has some holes in it, man, because I think that that happens for some people for sure. But what am, what am I supposed to? <laughs> What, I have to really, like, pull everybody along to get, like, here, here, get it now? Here's a carrot, get it? Like, it, the truth is not the problem. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's a level of, and I think the whole conversation we've had, I feel like a lot of our conversations boil down to this. Hey, grandkids, notice a theme is individual freedom and individual responsibility as far as, like, what that, like, to say, like, oh, like, Sesame Street, you know, Sesame Street teaches kids to, that, like, oh, it, it confuses them because the moral standards of Sesame Street aren't realistic is the same argument as saying, like, oh, well, Sesame Street teaches kids the moral standards and, and makes them do... Like, we're speaking in, like, these bold truths that don't really make sense. They're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not... Neither of them are necessarily true. It's not, it's not, it's not a catch-all for everybody. But for those, of the, of, for those people who it does work for... I think I think there's value in it. I think there's I think there's okay value Stop, enough right because right there, no, not value enough because who's gonna pay for the programming? Who's gonna pay to make Big Bird's suit? Who's gonna pay to make the Grouch's suit and the the set design? Who's gonna pay for someone to write the script to pr- produce and promote? But these you're values? you're acting as if this show hasn't been being produced for like the past forty years. It obviously gets the funding. How though? How though? I don't I don't have that information in front of me, so I can't tell you. Right. All right, what I'm saying is the question that started all this is who should be paying for this? Government, private sector, et cetera, because there's so many problems with it, right? You're probably one out of 100 people. And granted, your experience is valid. And God forbid I say that your experience isn't valid because then we're going to have to open up the whole fucking door to LGBTQ issues and fucking all that. Your experience (laughs) is valid, dude, okay? (laughs) what i'm saying is step outside of yourself for 10 seconds and look at everyone else that you've seen who who in your life other than you has been so deeply and profoundly affected by sesame street and how effective is that programming then if no one except you is like you're like the only one in a dark room with a candle saying no candles candles are going to save us and everyone else is like hey man my candle went out like four hours ago so fuck you you know what i mean and you're like no candles bring the light it's like no one's arguing with your no but i, th- I think i think you're, you're making saying, the same argument though just the opposite side you're saying that nobody is saying these things except for me that's not what i'm saying well that's not what i'm saying you're saying i'm you're saying, saying it's you ineffective said, I am, you're saying it's ineffective based on what based on your experience based on what you assume everybody else saying it's effective based on your experience right and i'm saying neither of these are true okay look listen listen if sesame street was even majority effective the the number of eyes that have seen sesame street it's made a lasting impression morally you know emotionally etc right more people would be talking about how sesame street changed their lives or blah 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 like you're doing right now you're sticking up for sesame street more people would be doing that. When was the last ter- time you ever heard anyone stand up for Sesame Street? I don't have these conversations. Our age. I honestly don't have these conversations with a lot of people, to be honest with you. When I did my, when I did my project in college, everybody stood up and said something. Everybody in the class was What did they it. say? What did everybody they say? said, like, oh, my God, I used to love it as a kid. It did all these, like, wonderful things for me. And me then think. I grew up, and it didn't make any fucking sense anymore, so I dropped it. And that's, that's what happens with this fucking kid's programming. It's the Sotwig trap. You tell people to be good, and they get stuck on being good for the rest of their lives. I think that has more to do with the fact that it's written for children. <laughs> 
It's look, I no, no. I absolutely do. I absolutely no. do. The sideway trap works on adults. That's it not what works I'm on saying. Adults. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying So the, what are you saying? I'm saying That's the program saying. is not look, it's made for kids who are going into preschool or or grade school and it's made for their parents to watch with them which is why they have the celebrity guests so it's like oh my god michael jordan is playing basketball with like a character that my kid gets and the kid doesn't know the fuck michael jordan is but i do so i'll stick around and watch this Mm -hmm. that's the game plan so it look it's not look sesame street is not for you adam and it's not for me either but it's not targeted to it's not like it's not the attitude era of fucking wrestling where they have like stone cold throwing up beers and being like this is morally ambiguous this is life because it's not it's because that is look it's not it's because that is life and it's hard to it's hard to tell that to kids and that's the thing it's what do you tell to kids and at this point we've decided that we're going to lie to kids and tell them that santa claus is real the tooth fairy comes and puts money in their pillow and also guess what if you do the right thing good things will happen to you that's but what sometimes we've good to things lie to when kids. you do good things good things do happen to you so you can't say sometimes yes sometimes so, so sometimes how, how can sometimes. you say that reality doesn't work that way when it does it, sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. And if you watch Sesame Street, it makes it seem like, hey, if, if your disabled friend who has a fucking gimpy leg and a weird looking face is playing basketball and you go and play with him, guess what, motherfucker? Don't expect your friends to be jumping along with you because guess what? The weird kid always is going to be the weird kid. And if you decide to go play with him, most people aren't probably going to play with you and the weird kid unless you're some charismatic fucking angel who's just the basketball genius of gym of gym class and everyone wants to play with you most of the time you're making a choice between playing with the kids who are good at basketball and playing with your fucking disabled kid however sesame street makes it seem like if you go and play with the disabled kid all your other friends are going to come play along too eventually because they see that you're doing the good thing and oh it's great and sometimes that happens and when that happens it's like wow sesame street thank you so yeah, much so is that however, not true most it's of course it's true. However, you don't see on Sesame Street on those little cut-ins where there's a disabled kid playing by themselves and nobody fucking goes over there. You don't see that. Of even though even though a real child human being will see that in their life. Right. They will see the disabled kid by themselves, no one's playing with them, and and they're going to have to make a choice. Do I play with the normal kids? Do I play with the disabled kids? Because in Sesame Street, if I go over and play with the disabled kid, everyone's going to come join us after a while. So let me go try that, right? You go and play with the disabled kid, and guess what? You're playing with the disabled kid for half an hour, and nobody fucking cares. And nobody talks to you about it. Nobody gives a fuck at lunch. Nobody talks about it the next day. And you have to make the same choice the next day. Do you play with the kid by yourself or do you play with your fucking cool friends over to the right? That's the decision. And that is not the decision that is presented to you on Sesame Street. On Sesame Street, it's black and white. Disabled kid, friends, guess what? Choose the disabled kid every time because your friends are going to follow you because you're doing the good thing. And I'm not saying that sometimes that doesn't work. Now, trust me on this because... I have come around on believing in God. I have come around on believing in etiquette and doing the right thing at the cost of your own life, okay? I'm, I've come around on all of those things because I'm, I'm not in the same position I used to be. But what I'm saying is Sesame Street is not helping that cause. It's not really helping. It's, it's almost doing more harm than good because it's like putting like... Uh, it's like making chicken nuggets into a dinosaur shape, 
right? And you tell the kid, like, don't you love dinosaurs? Eat the dinosaur. It's so cool, isn't it? It's a dinosaur. And then they get a little older and you're like, hey, this is, it's just chicken. The dinosaurs were just chicken the whole time. And now they're like, hey, what the fuck? You said, I thought you said these were, you said these were dinosaurs. You said these were dinosaurs the whole time. And that's the only reason I ate them. I didn't know it was chicken. That's what happens. You tell a kid Santa Claus isn't real. They have a fucking conundrum. I mean, tell me that finding out Santa Claus isn't real wasn't one of the most traumatic experiences of your life. For sure. Because it wasn't set up to be a real situation. It was given to you as a fairy tale. You accepted it as a fairy tale and you merged that with reality. You made a fairy tale into reality, and that's what Sesame Street is asking us to do. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying that it, there isn't value in Sesame Street, so don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is, is that if Sesame Street was to be taken off the air, I'm not going to shed a tear because it's just a trap, just like every other show is a trap. Every TV show is a trap. There are lessons to be learned. There are um, uh, things portrayed that aren't as they seem you know what i mean every show has these things house of cards sesame street game of thrones you name the fucking show every show has it and uh game of thrones it's the it's you know and uh uh house of cards it's the rajasic trap the active i have to do something it's it's you know it's a power move that's rajas that's active energy right sesame street it's the uh Sotwig trap. It's the being a good person trap. Oh, I'm going to be a good person. And oh, I know bad things happen, but I don't want to talk about them. You know, it's I only talk about the good things. And it's like, well, fuck that. I don't I don't care about you then because bad things happen to me. So if you don't want to talk about the bad things, then fuck off. I think or if you're if you only want to talk about the bad things in a good light. So, for example, Let's take one of these wheelchair fuckers that's on Sesame Street playing <laughs> basketball, right? Not, not only, not only d if you go and play with that kid, will your friends look at you like a weirdo? But guess what? That wheelchair kid, he has a catheter. He has a shit bag on his side. He has to shit into a bag his whole life because he's paraplegic. He has to piss into a bag. He doesn't get to go to the bathroom to the urinal and piss it and piss his fucking shit into a toilet and flush it away. He has to piss into a bag and then go throw it away somewhere. Where's that in Sesame Street? Where's the reality in Sesame Street? That's what I'm saying. These are, I mean, I think that's important because you can have a great time with a kid who's disabled as a kid and that whole thing can get ruined when he, when he pulls out his fucking piss bag or his shit bag that he's been shitting to, into the whole time that you've been hanging out with him. That shit gets erased you know, wiped away so quick when you're a kid and you're impressionable and Sesame Street says, go hang out with this wheelchair kid and then you look and he's got a shit bag on, under his fucking uh, seat. That's the the damage that you, you know, it, it creates a risk is what I'm saying. I, I'm just not down with it. I'm not down. I think we give, we don't give kids enough credit. We think that kids are these retarded fucking blank slate kind of, beings but that's not how they that's that's not what it's like to be a kid we remember what it's like to be a kid we knew what was up and what wasn't as a kid we knew what we could sense reality as a kid we could sense what didn't work and what what did work as a kid you would look at an adult and you'd see two adults conversing oh hello june how's it going oh, i'm doing great oh yeah it's just, i'm just so glad to see you how's your husband and you're like well this is fucking awkward something feels wrong about this but they're they look happy they look like they know each other, so there shouldn't be anything. Something's wrong here, right? And that's what it's like to be a kid. And when you're watching Sesame Street and then you go to public school 
and 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 you're dealt you have to deal with reality with a with a capital R Sesame Street does not set you up for that now does it give a good balance to the negative side of reality yes it gives a good prejudiced biased balance to reality in the way that people generally like to portray reality but I'm not a, as big a fan of Sesame Street just because, oh, we're good guys. Okay, great. So are the bad guys. You know, good guys and bad guys both think they're good guys. Tell me, show me somebody who isn't concerned with being a good guy or a bad guy, and I'm down with them. Krishna is a, is a good example. He's killed people from from when he was 12 years old. Uh, dude, he killed uh, people. Who gives Stone a fuck? Cold. You know? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold. He's a badass. Who knows if he's good or bad? He's just doing what he's he has just, to do. He's just stunning everybody, man. Oh my God, he's just stunning everybody, dude. I thought he was a good guy. He just stunned us all. Fuck. I'm stunned. <laughs> I'm stunned, dude. He's stunning me, and I'm at home, dude. Yeah, man. I I I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, and I, and I'm not I'm not even trying to say that Sesame Street is like. Uh, I guess I guess what I'm saying is, I think that there still is value to uh, showing kids a possibility, right? It's not necessarily what's going to happen every time, and it's not even necessarily realistic all the time, right? Like, you know, like you could go play with the wheelchair kid one day, but are you going to play with the wheelchair kid every fucking day? Like, no, of course not, because because it's, it, you know, it's tiring to babysit that kind of shit. It really is. Like, you want to be like, okay, I just want to play like a real game of basketball now. I, I'm sorry. Okay, wait, wait, wait. But does Sesame Street ever address that? No, I don't think they do. But I think, I, I think, look, I think that, I think that, they absolutely address bad things happening, but they always show, which I definitely do see as, like, I'm not disagreeing with you either. I'm trying to make the point that they show the best alternative, essentially, or, like, the most, like, enjoyable outcome for everybody, which isn't always the reality of life, right? But it's good for kids and people, I'd say, to have a foundation that like, let's say that their, their scope of life is like, things are really shitty to things are okay. Mm -hmm. It'd be good for a kid who has that sort of frame of mind to expand his, his, his perspective a little bit to be like, Oh no, things go from, things can go from really shitty to like really awesome. Now, like I, I understand that there's a possibility here for things to be better than they are. And mm -hmm. in that sense, I, can't i mean we got to watch sesame street this week <laughs> we gotta, somebody's one of us we both got to watch an episode because i haven't watched an episode in years so i don't know maybe maybe I, I watched an episode a couple years ago i was high as fuck with uh mutual friends who i won't name but we watched sesame street and i will tell you dude it was fucking uncomfortable as fuck They're, they changed the scene every eight seconds uh i was like uh this is probably why kids have add these days is because they're watching fucking sesame street and uh, they've actually you know, addressed that and they've, they've started making longer like longer um segments because of that they have found that like oh like our generation was raised on like the two minute uh, two minute like segments that would go from like oh here's uh, here's the uh, the monster in the trash and now there's a kid, like the retards playing basketball <laughs> the retards yeah but, <laughs> yeah but um I feel like that that sells the point though because all along our parents were making us watch Sesame Street thinking oh they they're gonna learn good morals they're gonna learn the values of of goodness and and wonderfulness but all we learned was that life happens in two minute cycles that's what we learned and and 
from that day on and from those years on, we, we're just set up like, oh, an hour. I mean, you even on a fucking episode of this podcast told me that you enjoy the TED Talk podcast because they were they cut the TED Talks to like three minutes or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, dog, just spend 20 minutes and listen to a fucking podcast. It doesn't have to happen in three minutes. And if you only confi- confine yourself to events that happen in three minutes or less, you're closing yourself off to most of the wonders of the world. And that's what we're doing to kids by telling them that this is a show you should watch. This is the approved show Sesame Street and all other shows have a bit of guilt that you should associate with them if you're watching The Walking Dead as an 8 year old you should feel guilty because it's a dirty show with murder and 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 it's hard and it's ambiguous and who knows right and my thing is adults are just old children so why would why would we want to force certain programming on our kids that we wouldn't even watch ourselves if you don't watch Sesame Street, don't fucking put it on for your kid. If you don't find those values to be good enough to be reminded of on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, don't put it on for your fucking kid. If you think House of Cards portrays reality in the way that reality works, put it on for your kids. That's my belief. Honestly, stop fucking around and stop lying to your kids because your kids know or they will know. And that's one of the biggest uh, contentions I've had with my parents is that at I've I, at a certain point I realized like the shit that you're telling me to do the shit that you do and the shit that I've seen none of them make sense not any of them they don't none of them mesh with each other so I can't trust and this is the big issue is that it's a systemic issue I don't trust what you're saying I don't trust what Sesame Street is saying and I don't even trust what reality is saying I don't trust my eyes when I open them in the morning and I see what I see because you're telling me something different and I'm trying to believe that Sesame Street is telling me something slightly different from that and I'm trying to believe that but then I go to school every day and that's telling me something else and I'm trying to believe that but all that is different from what I'm experiencing on a day-to-day basis which I'm also trying to believe so what the fuck is going on here and that I think is the biggest uh damage or heartbreak that we that we inflict on our kids by pushing this oh you need to you need to take your vitamins and fucking you know eat your vegetables and watch sesame street uh, me on the other hand i'm going to eat mozzarella sticks and drink wine and watch game of thrones because that's what humans do and you're a fucking you you have to learn what that's about and that shit it just it makes a kid feel less human than an adult, which I don't think is true. I think kids are just as human as adults, and I think we need to stop lying to kids. Grandkids, did I lie to you, or did I not? I need to Dude, know. eat your vegetables Remind me about and do your one. fucking vitamins, bro. Don't fucking... But also watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. Watch it with their great-grandkids. <laughs> it's fucking traumatize the fuck out of them. All right, but here's make my them, issue, Make dude. them listen to our podcast. <laughs> Have these little babies put big-ass Dr. Dre Beats headphones on them, and I'm just like, life is morally ambiguous! Like, these toddlers just, like, dealing with this shit. Like, fuck you! Don't watch the show with the monster that makes you happy. Get fucked, you little bastard. Get fucked. Uh, I don't know, man. It just makes me uncomfortable because I see... <laughs> I just see so many adults, man, that are in the kids' position in this in these scenarios, right? How many religions are telling you to be nice to everyone else and to be compassionate and to love everyone else? But everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's all well and good, but, like, you know, that's not how it really works because, like, <laughs> but yet we're going to tell our kids to watch Sesame Street? Really? So you don't – you're going to tell – you're going to make your kid 
try to believe in some shit that you don't believe in because you think it might be better than what you believe in? How about you just tell your kid what they what you believe and then your kid will make a decision whether they believe that same shit or not. That's my issue. And the result is that we have for example, in a, now to take this to the adult sphere, we have all these adults and all of these religions, right? All religions are saying, here are some good things to do. Meditate, close your eyes, talk to um talk to the thing, you know, make make this concept in your mind that represents everything that isn't you whatever you consider to be you put everything else in this one category and then talk to that thing and say hey universe god world out there i would really appreciate it if shit didn't fuck me up today right if you started if you started your day like that and and if you realize that you were talking just to yourself or just to no one it wouldn't d betray reality in any way, right? But hey, well, hey, Seamus, when was the last time you prayed to God or to the universe or whether you, you said your intentions out loud in your head intentionally? Uh, actually, today. But so where's your fucking Sesame Street training? <laughs> exactly, exactly. When was the last time you went to church? When was the last time you prayed? How often do you meditate, et cetera, et cetera? So you're telling me that you're going to put your kid through moral training, but you can't even muster up your own moral um, energy to do practices and shit. You see what I'm saying? There's there's a falsity involved with Sesame Street. We we sit our kids down and we say, here, watch this, because this is good for you, you know? But we're, we're not ourselves doing things that are good for us, that our kids can say, well, I see my dad make the hard choice to turn off his video game and meditate for a half an hour every night. So I'm going to watch Sesame Street because he tells me it's good for me. And I'm, I can see that people sometimes do things that they may not want to do because it's good for them. There's no example like that. You see what I'm saying? It seems hypocritical to me to, to say, here, watch Sesame Street, you fucking kid, because you're an idiot and you need to know what morals are. But I already know what morals are and I already know they're bullshit. So I watch House of Cards and Walking Dead because there the morals are ambiguous and you get to choose your own sides. You see what I'm saying? Let the kids choose their own fucking sides. They're smart. That kid's like, yo, put on Skinamax, dude. Fuck this. I'm trying to see. Fuck. You said Walking Dead? Put on fucking Big Booty Bitches 5, my nigga. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, happy Martin Luther King Day, everybody. This, is, <laughs> this has been uh, Conversations for Our Grandkids. Um, yeah, we're on, we're on Facebook, Convo, Conversations for Our Grandkids. We're on Twitter, Convo for Grandkids. I, I know we haven't been updating as much as we need to, but follow yeah, it anyway. True. Because that... Um, shout out to Curtis Cooper for his new album. That shit is really dope. And really, honestly, if you're listening to this, Curtis, we really appreciate you letting us use your music because it makes our shit sound better honestly at the end of the day because your shit sounds dope and i really actually liked your album yeah and everyone go listen to curtis cooper's album man yeah it's called uh laughing in line and it is at curtiscooper.bandcamp.com so check that shit out and throw him a couple dollars i think the album's like seven bucks it's totally worth it i told give him 10 i gave him 10 it, i was like this dude this album's this album is at least worth ten dollars at yeah least. i'm gonna give him 10 after it's, this after this podcast i would say honestly he could probably get away with selling it for more than that but like you know whatever seven is a good price for a first album you know you're trying to get your name yeah, out there it's a, it's a really fucking good album check it out and hey while you're doing that uh review us on itunes say 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 whatever you want say like hey Fuck Sesame Street. <laughs> say, say, <laughs> hey, I love this 
show. It's great. Hey, Big Bird uh, told me this one thing when I was four, and I never forgot it. And guess what? That's been my moral foundation for my whole fucking life, Adam, you piece of shit. So shut the fuck up about <laughs> Sesame Street. Hey, if that's what you have to say, put it on iTunes. Put it on CandyMunchers.com, perhaps, on this episode. Leave a comment. You know, I, I'm I'm an open guy. I'll read your, your comment with an open heart and an open mind, and I'll respond, hopefully not angrily, because... I, I did get a little feisty with you today. I guess we, we, I mean, we both did, man. It, can't, it takes two to tango. But I think that's good. Ooh. It's good. It's good to... Yeah, it is good. Defeated! I love Sesame Street! And uh, hey, don't forget, I'm we're not, also on Stitcher. So if you have problems with iTunes, oh, yeah, true. if you're on an Android phone, go on Stitcher, Conversations for Our Grandkids, and just please give us any kind of review, rating. Seriously, it just really helps. Yeah. And if all else fails, go to candymunchers.com. C-A-N-D-Y-M-U-N-C-H-E-R-S.com, candymunchers.com. That's kind of our home base for everything that we creatively produce, which hopefully will be, we've been saying this for like 20 episodes, <laughs> but hopefully it'll be more soon than just this podcast. But yeah. uh, so far it's just this podcast. But candymunchers.com, Facebook, Twitter, Stitcher, we're on all those things. So uh, so thanks, Adam. Uh, I feel better. Thanks, Seamus. I feel better. Piece of shit. Climb over the wires, wander through the of trash that makes this place such a fascinating thing. Drunk, lacing up the blunt, chasing down the high. Doing what I please, ruler of the sky. And I feel his hands on me. Through the wind, a painting gasoline, making it.